0: July 24th, just around 1640 Zulu. The Apollo 11 capsule has entered the atmosphere on the final leg of its journey. All that's needed now is for the heat shield to hold, the parachutes to deploy, and for the crew of the US Navy aircraft carrier Hornet to pull the astronauts from the Pacific Ocean. You are cleared for landing after coming back from the moon.
1: And at this point, both speeds and heats on the spacecraft are beginning to
2: build up. 800 nautical miles high. Velocity, 33,000 feet per second.
1: They're around seven minutes away from reaching 400,000 feet above the Earth. The really critical point of this re-entry where they encounter maximum speeds and maximum aerodynamic forces and heating effects.
2: Guidance reports Apollo 11 right down the middle of the corridor seven minutes away from entry.
1: And from all those signs, it looks like Apollo 11 will be a record-setting closeness, have a record-setting closeness to the Hornet. The actual landing zone, Apollo Eleven, handy. Heading for about 950 miles southwest of Hawaii, With a Hornet, a 38,000-ton carrier, a tired veteran of World War II, built in 1942, is standing by on station to pick them up. Our space at
2: our latitude one three three zero. One, six, nine, one, five. that's, on uh, right
1: uh, This is Neil Armstrong talking directly to the Hornets' flag plot room, telling exactly where he's going to land, a most unusual event. And they are very close to being on the money. We're trying to plot the coordinates Neil was reading off his computer on our one of our charts here, but it looks quite close to the nominal landing the area.
2: We're report spacecraft right on target point.
1: Apollo 11 There's 11, Now about 58 seconds away from landing.
2: As one, has a uh, contact one five zero,
1: holding. 11 on descending through about... One th- nine zero, descending through clouds at about 2,000 feet. up.
2: copy That's Neil Armstrong giving the position reports. I Roger. Roger.
1: here is the president of course watching from his vantage point some five decks up on the carrier standing there with the various vips the men on the hornet some 2200 of them the crew they were up as early as two o'clock this morning getting everything ship shape final preparations for the president secretary of state rogers Admiral McCain, commander of all the U.S. forces in the Pacific, all here to observe this historic moment. Roger. And uh, we're now getting word from the swim helicopters, the rescue helicopters, that the crew is in excellent condition. Let's go to them now and see if we can pick up some direct radio communication.
2: The ship is uh, two and a quarter miles from the spacecraft now, and the spacecraft uh, pretty clear now in the picture the uh, big swimmer Lieutenant Hattelberg is using hand signals to uh, communicate with the uh, astronauts inside their spacecraft. He does have a little plastic board with him and
3: a grease pencil which he can write on and flash messages to them that way. Actually Ron not much communication is needed between the astronauts. The hatch is now open we have word uh, from the scene from the recovery helicopter. And the first astronaut is coming out. That would be Buzz Aldrin, wouldn't it, uh, Nellis? I believe so, yes. Band on the deck strikes up. Let's listen to that band, as they say.
2: Presidents applauding as they play Columbia, the gem of the ocean. Columbia, of course, is uh, that module out there. First astronaut, up in the Billy unit, up in the Billy unit, 40 feet from the sea to the helicopter door. They have instructions in the helicopter, the two crew members in back, uh, not to touch the astronaut. Dr. Carpentier will... Uh, will help the astronaut out of his, uh, net. We understand that President Nixon requested uh, that the band play Columbia the ocean. Leave the flight deck. Written on the bottom of the helicopter is another welcome award for the astronauts. It says, Hail Columbia! The other night that helicopter was, uh, on the deck and I peeked underneath and they had the old sign from the Apollo 10, uh, recovery saying, Hello there, Charlie Brown. But at the last minute, they painted the new welcome on saying, Hail Columbia. So when the astronaut rides up in the net and looks up, he sees it painted on the bottom of Helicopter 66. <laughs>
3: here goes the second
2: astronaut up in the net. Down here on the
3: John Hirosaki, the NASA project engineer uh, who had a lot to do with developing the mobile quarantine facility, has been spending most of his time the last five days inside it along with Dr. Carpentier, and uh, John Hirosaki is a busy man right now. He's making his very, very final preparations uh, in these final minutes before the astronauts come on board the Hornet. It's been about an hour
2: exactly, Dallas, since Splashdown, and one more astronaut to go. So uh, it looks like uh, they've uh, beaten the timetable by about uh, 18 or 19 minutes and uh, are just about uh, doing it in exactly the same time it took during the dress rehearsal the other day. And considering that the spacecraft came down fairly far from the ship, the seas are a bit rough today, and they had to go through the
3: decontamination process, that's pretty good time. I'd say it's excellent time. Uh, You know, actually, Ron, I think that they didn't spend as much time on decontamination as they have in some of the uh, simulated recoveries we've watched. It seemed to me it went very fast. We're waiting now for the third
2: and last astronaut to be pulled up to the helicopter. Then they'll come aboard. There won't be that flight deck welcome ceremony with the red carpet. There he goes. Last astronaut going up. There won't be the flight deck welcome ceremony because uh, they've got to go right into quarantine.
3: However, Ron, there will be a ceremony down here on the hangar deck. Uh, The the Marines will present military honors. The Navy band uh, will move down here from the flight deck where it is right now. The president uh, will be appearing uh, very soon after the astronauts finish their initial medical uh, inspection so that the uh, routine flight deck ceremony, which has become so familiar over the past few years, will actually be supplanted by something a good deal more spectacular down here on the hangar deck after all uh, this is the first time in history that the president of the United States has been on board the recovery carrier to greet the returning astronauts.
2: President has a uh, overhang on that uh, bridge so he's not getting wet. We believe the president may have moved off the
3: bridge. Possibly on his way down. Here. It's only a very short trip. Oh, there he is. He's moved aft. And he's back to the Admiral's Bridge uh, just outside uh, Flag flood.
0: And the rest, as they say, is history. The astronauts' safe return was followed by six more lunar flights and the subsequent development of a robust series of follow-on projects designed to enhance our ability to survive, not just the short, week-long missions to the moon, but for months and even years in the harsh environment of space, projects that we are still continuing today. However, it's worth noting that the year 1969 was associated with far more than just the moon landing. On the aerospace side, this is the year that the Concorde, our first supersonic passenger carrier, was flown, as was the 747 jumbo jet and the British military jump jet known as the Harrier. It's also the year of the first Woodstock Music Festival and the year that ARPANET, the prototype internet system for the Department of Defense, was built. And it's the year that the Air Force's Project Blue Book, which investigated UFO phenomena, officially ended. However, it was also a politically polarized and violent year with the Cayuga River in Ohio catching fire due to industrial waste, multiple civil rights riots and protests at universities over the mistreatment of African Americans, as well as a police raid where officers shot and killed the leader of the Black Panther Party under controversial circumstances. Politically, the Vietnam War was raging, as were protests against it, and the first draft lottery of U.S. troops for the conflict was enacted and in New York City police raided the Stonewall Bar, setting off riots and protests over the rights of homosexuals to exist. Not unlike today, 1969 was a polarized and frightening time. One where the Middle East was in turmoil, terrorists threatened, and governments around the world were engaged in dangerous brinksmanship games where missteps could literally result in the end of civilization through nuclear warfare. But it was also a time where people rallied together, and we came out of it having made the world a little bit better and accomplished some pretty amazing things. After the Cayuga River Fire, the US passed the Clean Water Act and created the Environmental Protection Agency. In response to protests and civil unrest, the 1969 Civil Rights Act added protections against discrimination based on race, religion, or national origin. And out of the Stonewall Riots, a worldwide movement to recognize and validate the rights of individuals who don't fit into the classic boxes of cisgendered men and women grew. So this year, let's take a moment to celebrate all of that. Accomplishment in the face of adversity, and the power of continuing to build an inclusive culture. Let's let Apollo 11 stand as a testament to that power. It depended on the African-American women who performed the calculations needed to guide earlier spacecraft and program the computers of the Apollo program itself, despite living under the segregation of the Jim Crow laws. And those electronic computers wouldn't have existed without the insights of Alan Turing, who effectively invented computer science in the 1940s, and was largely responsible for the success of the British intelligence gathering system that defeated the Nazis in World War II, but was also persecuted and arrested for falling in love with another man. The space program in general benefits from an unlikely alliance of this individuality, of different cultures coming together, They pulled together Axis scientists and Allied scientists, literally Nazis and Jews working together in the same organization. And not long after the Apollo program concluded, a test project in 1975 orchestrated by scientists from both the Soviet and US space programs brought both countries together during the height of the Cold War. I'm not saying that NASA and the space program is a perfect model of harmony, not by a long shot. But the greatest and most celebrated accomplishments occurred when differences were not only tolerated, but encouraged. You can't do the impossible without accepting a different way of thinking. So happy anniversary, Apollo 11. Let's light that candle and let that achievement stand in celebration and inclusion of all of those differences. And to all those who continue to help build a better, more inclusive world, with a brief flash of that inclusiveness, we literally walked on the moon. Imagine what we can accomplish today. Now I know things don't seem particularly bright right now, but the last time we did this, it was also a pretty tumultuous time. So, to paraphrase the words of someone from that era you might know, we've already taken the small step. Let's make sure it becomes the giant leap we know it can be. And I'll leave you with one more news clip, this time from Eugene Cernan, commander of the Apollo 17 mission, about three and a half years after the events of Apollo 11. On December 14, 1972, Gene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt lifted off from the moon to rejoin the command module pilot, Ronald Evans, at the close of the Apollo program. But before stepping into the LEM, he left us with these words spoken to all of us today who aim to carry these dreams forward. Houston, before we uh,
2: close out our EVA, probably one of the most significant things we can think about when we think about Apollo is that it has opened... For us, for us being the world, a challenge of the future. The door is now cracked, but the promise of that future lies in the young people, not just in America, but the young people all over the world, learning to live and learning to work together. In order to remind all the peoples of the world, in so many countries throughout the world, that this is what we all are striving for in the future. America's challenge of today has forged man's destiny of tomorrow. And as we leave the moon and Taurus Little, we leave as we came, and God willing, as we shall return, with peace and hope for all mankind.
0: Godspeed to crew of Apollo 17.